Star Wars 7x7 episode 2262. Today, another one of our installments for what to watch now, and what to watch now is something that has actually been deemed a little controversial, if you will, and we're going to talk about the whys and the wherefores of that right now. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So the thing that I am going to suggest as part of our What to Watch Now series is a little bit shorter than some of the other things that we've talked about. And it's a little bit more timely as opposed to being evergreen, if you will. It is a conversation between Josh Gad and Daisy Ridley, which is just delightful in general because if you remember the different video exchange that they had where Josh Gad was trying to get all sorts of secrets and reveals out of Daisy Ridley as she was filming for various Star Wars movies and he was either working on other related movies with her or just, you know, keeping the shtick going, right? Well, they're back together again. Josh Gad was hosting the Jimmy Kimmel show and Daisy Ridley was a guest for the show. So there's an interview of Daisy Ridley appearing on Kimmel with Josh Gad and that dynamic is renewed, but that's not really the reason why we're talking about it here on the show today. I mean, that's part of it and it's good fun. But the reason why is because Josh Gad asked about the Palpatine's granddaughter reveal and Daisy Ridley shared some thoughts about what was happening behind the scenes, not just with the Rise of Skywalker, but all the way back to The Force Awakens and all the way through up until the final locked-in decision. So here is Daisy Ridley talking about that from that interview. At the beginning, there was toying with like an Obi-Wan connection and then um, it really went, there were like different versions and then it really went to that she was no one. And then it came to episode nine and JJ pitched me the film and was like, oh yeah, Palpatine's granddaddy. And I was like, awesome. And then two weeks later, he was like, oh, we're not sure. So it kept changing. So then even I was filming and I wasn't sure what the answer was gonna be. Until the very end. So at one point, Obi-Wan was in there. Who else? Was Olaf amongst the possible parents or? I think Olaf was, yeah, yeah. Just That's a galaxy far, far away. He was in a different <laughs> It was a darker time. So there you go. Daisy Ridley saying that initially they were toying with an Obi-Wan reveal. And, you know, thinking back to her comments about The Force Awakens, and this is actually contemporaneous with The Force Awakens, she thought that it was evident that there was evidence on screen to suggest that she would be a particular person, who she actually was, what her identity was. And so if she's saying now that they were originally toying with a Kenobi relationship, well, that suggests that there's something to be seen in The Force Awakens that has to do with Kenobi. Maybe. And I say maybe because, you know, memory is a slippery thing, especially as time goes on. And back at the end of July, we went back into the vault and brought out those George Lucas things, right? The uh, comments and conversations that he had with the um, uh, with Alan Arnold for the Empire Strikes Back making of book. And just, you know, how things change over time 
in memory and reflection and what later interviews say decades down the line. Obviously, we're not talking about decades here. We're just talking about a few years. But man, time sure seems to have sped up. And, you know, I would be surprised if Daisy Ridley could remember what she said in interviews a year ago or five years ago, right? Nothing against her, just life. And then you get The Last Jedi space where she is nobody, she's not connected to anyone, and she seems like she thought that that was it and that was the end of it. And then J.J. Abrams coming back to The Rise of Skywalker. There's no mention of whatever Colin Trevorrow was going to do about this situation, so she just talks about J.J. Abrams. And in saying that, there was some fluctuation about this over the course of filming, and then you know, all the way up to reshoots potentially. Well, uh, gosh, this is something that's, you know, that's probably the most controversial thing I think about this whole thing because on the one hand, you want to go, gee whiz, you know, didn't they have this planned? And on the other hand, you think to yourself, well, gee whiz, George Lucas was making changes on the fly when he was doing the original trilogy. So, you know, can we really fault J.J. Abrams and company for making changes on the fly in the sequel trilogy when that's how they did it back in the old days? But I think one of the crucial differences is that with the original trilogy, George Lucas was involved all the way through, right? So it was always story by George Lucas, even if it wasn't always script by George Lucas. So that I think is kind of an important distinction because that was not the case with the sequel trilogy. It was JJ and then it was Ryan and then it was Colin Trevorrow and Derek Connolly and then Jack Thorne and then that gone and JJ and Chris Terrio, but apparently a story credit for Trevorrow and Connolly because they apparently had some influence on what happened with what the final Rise of Skywalker script turned out to be. And the other confusing thing is that the story has changed in regard to the development of the sequel trilogy back in the beginning, so like back in 2014 and 15 and early in 2016, what we were told was that JJ did leave a cliffhanger and just said, all right, see you later alligator, good luck with that. And it was Ryan Johnson's to take and run with and that he didn't have, J.J. Abrams didn't have a set course to say, Ryan, this is where I was going with this, so you follow that course or adapt as you needed. No, it was, no, I'm dropping you right here. And Ryan Johnson previously said that the nut that he had to crack with the Last Jedi script was why Luke was on the island. In other words, he was not given that direction by J.J. Abrams, which means that that whole arc of that situation was not planned out. But over the course of the last few years, the story has gone that, oh, there was actually a wider planning for this. And in a way there was because George Lucas provided a treatment that addressed the entire sequel trilogy and elements of that still made it in. There are you know, pieces of tweets from Pablo Hidalgo and interviews and whatnot where elements from you know what was in the treatment for different movies was shuffled around and some of it appeared and some of it was cast off. So I think where I've ultimately arrived at thanks to the interview with Josh Gad and Daisy Ridley, well, I'll tell you 
<laughs> the answer to that in just a second. I do want to give a shout out to our friends at Audible and just remind you once again that you can get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial through sw7x7.com audible. That's sw7x7.com audible. We talked about the Rise of Skywalker Expanded Edition by Ray Carson many, many months ago on the show, and that's one of the books you can get. And there's a lot of good fun in it. Actually, we spent a whole week on the show on it, too. Anyway, sw7x7.com slash audible for your free audiobook download, hundreds of Star Wars books, thousands of non-Star Wars books, and a free 30-day trial as well. Thank you for supporting the show. So ultimately, I think where I come down to with this is sort of an Avengers idea, right? Like when I think about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and about the planning that went into it and leading up to the you know, Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, you know, all those tie-ins in the movies that you know, played around and within it. Yeah, obviously that's a much grander scope comparatively to the Star Wars trilogy. That being said, it's clear that a lot of planning went into how that whole thing would be executed. And it seems like when they took the treatment from Lucas and decided that they could do something with it and could not do other things with it or would not do other things with it and would do certain things with it that it doesn't seem like the rest of the picture was really thought out and I think that's where the biggest missed opportunity was for the sequel trilogy. That's not to say that I don't still enjoy those movies and you know perhaps enjoy some of them more than others and perhaps enjoy some moments within them more than others but yeah you know Almost, you know, all Star Wars is good Star Wars for the most part. Like, maybe the holiday special, eh. But, uh, yeah, it does feel like there was an opportunity for more. And I think that's, you know, that's the thing that is just going to be the you know, metaphorical splinter in the mind's eye as we go through <laughs> the rest of our days in a post-Skywalker saga era. But... That is going to do it for this episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.